so it's probably been a busy day for you already, right? But I have a test for you. Stop for a second and think about what you have left to do today. If you're like me, I bet the word sleep didn't cross your mind once just then. It's something we have to do whether we like it or not, but there's no arguing that a proper rest provides all sorts of benefits. Unfortunately, many of us struggle with getting good, consistent sleep, and so do millions of Americans. So I talked with the founder of one of the web's best references for sleep health. I asked him why he got into sleep research and how we can improve our sleeping habits and about how we can all help the people we care about to sleep better, too. I'm Josh Morgan, and this is The Plural of You, the podcast about people helping people. I'm a data analyst and sociologist living in Baltimore, Maryland, and I produce this podcast for people who aren't ready to give up on humanity yet. There are lots of problems in the world, but I'm building an archive of solutions. I talk with leaders who have dedicated themselves to improving the lives of others. And I'm collecting their advice in case you're looking for ways to make a difference. Keith Kushner is one of those leaders. Keith is the founder and general manager of a nonprofit organization called Tuck, which is based in Seattle, Washington. Tuck is dedicated to bringing the best information on sleep together in one place online. And they present their work without the jargon or marketing tactics that are found on a lot of other sleep websites. Keith's had experience in several different fields. He worked as a digital marketing director for several years before founding Tuck, but he was also in a band that toured the U.S. and he studied economics in college. So I had to ask, if he had all these other paths open to him, what led him to focus so intently on something like sleep research? This all sort of started about seven years ago, so mid-20s, and I, out of nowhere, suffered a pretty extreme bout of insomnia, which, upon reflection, was largely due to external stresses in life and work. How severe are we talking? You know, it was a six-month period, and I was really hit hard. I just, I was kind of a zombie. I really wasn't able to sleep. Looking back, it's hard to even reflect accurately on it, but... It dramatically affected me, and especially as somebody who'd never had issues with sleep before, that was particularly eye-opening. From there, I started to do research. And again, my background is all in digital marketing. So I spent a lot of time digging around the web and trying to sort of get a grip on what was happening to me personally. And I was really surprised at the lack of quality information out there. So there are great organizations that deal with sleep and sleep awareness. However, it's hard to even navigate those their web presence and it's hard to find up-to-date, accurate information that's more or less tailored to you. I was able to kind of get over that hump myself. I spent some time going through a cognitive behavioral therapy course uh, with a therapist in the Seattle area and I got over it, but I still was sort of paying attention to what was happening in the sleep world. I couldn't help but consider there was an opportunity out there to do something better. As time went on, I then was doing some research for sleep products and specifically looking around for mattresses. And there was even less quality information there. With sleep, just like other industries, but in particular, I mean, marketing is 99.9% of all the products in the space. So getting down to brass tacks and really understanding what makes for a good pillow or mattress or set of sheets 
is incredibly difficult to figure out. I sort of took a step back at one point, looked at the entire space, did a lot of research and said, hey, I think there's a huge opportunity around creating a site that really marries quality, up-to-date information about sleep that sits somewhere in the middle between fluff pieces like the top 10 ways to get a better night's sleep and a journal article or study. That's where Tuck started, just saying, hey, I think there's an opportunity to create an amazing sleep portal that is really a one-stop shop for everything you're looking for. And that does it in a way that is easier to navigate, which is something we're still working through on Tuck. And that really inspires the confidence that, that folks need to make informed decisions. You wanted to create something that's informative, but engaging at the same time. So easily understood. Exactly. But also entirely evidence-based and something that really is going to leave you feeling like you learned more than if you, you know, just read through a fluff piece on another site, for example. After you overcame your own problem, you really could have stopped there. It's kind of like, well, I, I found my solution. You could have moved on with your life. Why do you think you were compelled to stick with it? Well, I think the, there were a couple of different reasons. So my now fiance has battled insomnia a lot more than I have and still has a pretty significant problem with it. It was still a presence in my life, even after I was able to battle it. And, you know, it's always something you, I struggle with at least a little bit. It just became something I was personally very interested in. And again, that I thought, hey, there's there's a really a big opportunity here because it's just an underserved market. And it's something that I specifically with my skill set could go in and improve upon dramatically. Keith's interest in sleep research couldn't have come at a better time. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention published a study in 2016. And in that study, a third of American adults told the authors that they weren't getting at least seven hours of sleep per night on a regular basis. That's a problem because getting less than seven hours of sleep per night for long periods is associated with chronic conditions like obesity and heart disease and mental health problems like depression. And it can make us heal more slowly and age faster. It also reduces our ability to function and puts us at risk for making dangerous mistakes, like if you've ever driven a car while tired, that sort of thing. The CDC also maintains data that shows differences in sleep quality between groups of us, particularly race and gender, relationship status, even down to individual states and counties. In that sense, sleep gaps between groups can be treated as a social problem, given the healthcare costs and quality of life issues that the chronically sleep-deprived may face. Despite what data like this can tell us, Keith is quick to point out that what qualifies as enough sleep or restful sleep isn't the same for everybody. There's no one reason why most people who are sleep-challenged aren't getting enough of it. It could be related to stress, like in Keith's case, or it could be health-related, or it could be the result of poor habits related to sleep. It's difficult at times for me to really try and step back and put together high-level stats around some of my findings. I mean, you know, you'll see stats anywhere from 30 to 70 million Americans face some sort of sleep disorder or wakefulness disorder, and that's very broad, right? And then you start really digging into what's going on on the web. And then even the traffic that comes through Tuck and the questions that I get asked, some of which I can answer, some of them are so specific to an individual, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I have, you know, I I will get almost incoherent messages that are 5,000 words long. 
going to oh, somebody's goodness. specific situation. And again, I'm not a medical professional, so I, there's only so much I can do and I could really only point them to sources to help. You know, if anything, it's, it's a significant problem. And I think the most positive thing that I can point to right now is that it really is becoming the sort of focal point of health and wellness and that discussion. You know, I remember not so many years ago interacting with a colleague whose claim to fame was, well, I only need to sleep three hours each night. I've met people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it's certainly possible that some people can exist on much less sleep than others. The average adult still does need between seven and nine hours of sleep a night. And especially as our population ages, insomnia becomes more and more prevalent and and getting quality sleep becomes harder and harder. There's actually a lot of research that's being done today around that subject. And I think that it is a very significant problem and one that just is going to require a lot of awareness and understanding. And it's a very personal issue. So figuring out how to solve that is, I mean, you can make broad strokes for sure, but you really have to tailor it to yourself to kind of make it work. What would you say your responsibilities are day to day at Tuck? Oh, good question. So it's everything from managing all of our content, making sure we stick to an editorial calendar, doing a lot of external marketing of what we create and forging relationships. And soon I'll be bringing a few folks on to be able to help me and kind of exponentially grow. We have lots and lots of goals over the next 12 to 18 months. And so the biggest challenge is fitting everything into a 24-hour day. And, and getting the quality night sleep. What is your vision for success at this? I would like to see Tuck reach a level at which you could call it the number one sleep portal on the web. That's ambitious, but I don't think that's impossible. Yeah. So it's an ambitious goal. I think we can achieve it over time. It certainly will not happen overnight, but that's really where I would like Tuck to be if you fast forward, say two or three years. Just speaking as a layperson, I haven't seen another site about sleep health like Tuck's. Tuck.com launched in February of 2017, and it's already gathered lots of research and tips on sleep health that I don't think were together anywhere else. Keith talked with me specifically about plans to build the knowledge base even further, but I was already surprised at the breadth of topics on the site. There's information on sleep disorders and product recommendations, and there's pages and pages with details on sleep for members of different demographic groups, from women to workaholics and on and on. Keith mentioned that the site gets tons of questions from its users, so he's also building a community portal where people can go to discuss sleep-related topics. That's something else that's probably new for the sleep research space. What have you found the most gratifying about working on Tuck so far? Like, what gets you out of bed every morning? I find the subject very interesting. So personally, it's really, really enjoyable to be able to continue to dive into a subject that I feel passionately about. And it's one that I will not stop learning about. I could spend the next 10 years working on this, and that is not necessarily going to mean that I have mastered it by any stretch. And I I won't have mastered it personally either when it comes to actually sleeping each night. So I find it really interesting, really rewarding uh, work from that perspective. And then from the perspective of the, the product and the site, 
I am really, really happy with the reception that we've gotten so far, which this interview is a testament to because mm-hmm. I've been very surprised at the, uh, the amount of positive feedback we've gotten folks who really are interested and a ton of folks who would really like us to be able to present locally, which is something we can't do at this point. You know, I've had libraries, schools, uh, senior living facilities, you name it, colleges, universities asking, hey, could you come and present? Could you be a presence here at this sleep wellness thing, just at a community event, what have you? And I would love to be able to do that, but we can't facilitate that yet. Yeah, you don't have the capacity. We don't have the capacity. And and unfortunately, I can't exist everywhere at the same time and neither <laughs> can my team. So wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it would be very, very nice if, if we could. You know, that that reception has really been something I've been and been quite proud of. And then, you know, I think as we're able to really put more time and effort into this product and improve it, it'll be fun to see what taking it to the next level really looks like. And what I love about this story, other than your own experience with insomnia, not being able to sleep well, Mm -hmm. you have no medical training. This is something like you dedicated yourself. You decided this is something you wanted and you've been pursuing it for years and years now. And that's what's made the difference. So it's great that you've gotten such a positive reception. I'm really happy to hear that. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And you're right. I, you know, not having a medical background, it's, it's, I'm, I admittedly look in the mirror and I'm a little bit surprised that I'm even here today and that we've seen <laughs> the kind of pickup that we have with the site. But it just goes to show you, I mean, there's, there's a lot you can do out there. And we have worked with MDs to sort of get where we are and had, you know, consultants and things. And I think we're going to be doing a lot more of that moving forward too. So we really ensure that we cover all bases because as much as, you know, I think I'm a bit of a sleep expert now, there are bigger sleep experts out there and, and we want to be working with them too. Right. That's good. I'm glad you have that approach in mind. So I guess the big question that I wanted to ask, but is a little complicated now since we've talked about how you can't generalize sleep or sleep disorders. I was going to ask, what can someone do to help improve their own sleep health? But I know that's not, you know, you can't just run down a list of steps. Well, I can I can say a few things and I can talk about my own sleep routine and, and sleep schedule a little bit. And Yeah, maybe starting with your routine. Like, how do you prepare for sleep every night? I think it starts with consistency. And it's really difficult to get that. And I'll be the first to admit it can be very hard, especially having been on tour for months on end, having been traveling for all sorts of things, it can be very, very difficult to do this, but try to keep a consistent routine. So try to go to sleep at roughly the same time every night and get up at roughly the same time every morning. That's where it all starts. And that's something I am able to do pretty regularly at this point in my life. Otherwise, I think there's really a wind down for me every day. And I can say things like, hey, don't have an alcoholic beverage within three hours of going to bed. Don't drink coffee after 4 p.m. Put your phone in another room, things like that. Well, those are all sort of broad strokes and generalizations, and those are all good things to do. Don't get me wrong. But for me personally, I make sure to kind of wind down every day to 
stop working at a certain hour. So my brain doesn't kind of run on autopilot and think about all the things I need to do the next day or even that I could be doing it that evening. I try to read for 30, 40 minutes a night out of an actual book. So no computer, no phone, no tablet, nothing. I actually sort of try and go analog, which has worked really well for me. Because I've heard that we're extremely photosensitive and we're not really aware of what those effects are quite yet. Yep, we are. And there's been some research done around blue light and especially the light that your computer and your cell phone and iPad emits. And it can certainly trigger that that alertness and that awakeness that you don't want to have right before you're going to sleep. So I do try and, you know, I'll, I'll put my phone on do not disturb. I won't check it. I will limit that light exposure. So as it relates to devices, I try and turn those off about an hour before bed or at least step away from them as much as I possibly can. And then I'll turn the temperature in my room down to somewhere around 65, 66 degrees. The room temperature is certainly a big deal. The ideal range is somewhere between 60 and 67 degrees. A lot of folks end up sleeping in hotter rooms than than that. Some people can get away with that and, and, and they're just fine. But it is significantly better if you can sleep in a slightly cooler room than that. Because sleep is such a personal experience, it sounds like the solution for everyone is kind of a process of experimentation. It certainly is. And a lot of external factors come into play. And with myself, so I have a 17 pound cat (laughs) named (laughs) Lewis and he is a great guy. Uh, He was a rescue and he loves, he would love to sleep in the bed every night. And then I don't normally go to sleep at the same time as Nicole, my fiance, on a given night. Uh, so, you know, making sure to practice good sleep manners is something that's hugely important. So making sure that it's, it really, despite what some people think, and there are a lot of personal things wrapped up into this, but you do not have to go to sleep at the same time as your partner. It can help foster that feeling of closeness and intimacy and things like that, which is great. But if one person goes to sleep just much later than the other and wakes up much later, there's no need to force that common bedtime. That's a good point. So for me personally, I mean, sometimes we do go to bed at the same time. Sometimes we don't. It's not, it's not consistent every night, but really trying to control that as much as possible and just making sure that you, you know, you create that environment that's going to work well for you. Now, what about other people? If we think of the problems of not getting enough sleep as a social problem, is there any way that we can help the people that we care about get better sleep? Yeah, I think it all starts with awareness. So if you don't think of sleep as an issue for yourself or if you don't even have it on your radar, right, it's just something you you do or don't do every night, then you're never going to really reflect upon that and diagnose it as either a problem or something that is going perfectly well for you. So I think just spreading sleep awareness is the starting point. And then once your friends and loved ones have an understanding of the subject, that's when you can discuss it and and help in whatever way you can or even direct them to resources to help. Well, fortunately for us in this conversation, you happen to have one of the best resources online for that. Would you like to plug it? Yeah, certainly. 
you can uh, you can check out Tuck at www.tuck.com, just T-U-C-K. We're on Facebook at Tuck Sleep. We're also on Twitter at Tuck Sleep. And then you can always reach out to me personally at Keith at Tuck.com or just go to the contact form on the site and reach out with any and all questions, comments, concerns. We love hearing from you. So don't hesitate to, uh, to let us know what you think about what we're doing. I've often thought about sleep in the past as an annoyance, like it got in the way of other things I wanted to do with my time. I'm learning to respect it, and talking with Keith has inspired me to commit and take it more seriously. I mean, if the best way to help other people is to take care of ourselves first, which I believe it is, then necessities like eating decent food and getting a good night's sleep almost become a duty, especially if not everyone has access to these luxuries. So if sleep wasn't on your to-do list today, then here's a recap of Keith's advice. First, choose consistent times to go to sleep and wake up every day. Tell your family, set alarms, and do whatever you have to do to get your specific routine going. Next, the purpose of the room you call a bedroom should be for sleeping. Think of it as where you store your body while it's recharging, so the setting should match that function. Get it as dark as possible, as quiet as possible, and as comfortable as possible temperature-wise. Last, be willing to experiment. It may not be possible to reach perfect sleep hygiene, and it'll probably take time to get close. But persistence is the key to solving any problem, and this one's no different. As far as helping other people sleep, don't be afraid to make small talk about how much sleep they got last night. If they're having issues and don't know what else to do, send them to tuck.com. I've learned from Keith that sleep really is key to our overall health and something a lot of us take for granted. So a simple thing we can all do to help one another lead happier, healthier lives is to spread the word about the benefits of sleep. After all, a good night's sleep is never a waste of time. This has been The Plural of You. I'm Josh Morgan, and the show's website is pluralview.org. That's all for now. Thank you for being kind today. Take care.